You're listening to When Love Shows Up, weekly reflections on God's presence. I'm Philip Duvall, the rector of the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you for joining us. Well, Jack Nicholson showed up in public again last week. It had been several years since he took his seat courtside for a game of his beloved Lakers. He's 86 now, and he was certainly moving a little slower, a little more gingerly. His appearance spurred comments on how he has aged and speculations about his health and, in the coarser corners of the Internet, some jokes. But, me, I was just so happy to see him. I felt like I was nine again. That's, what, that's how old I was when I saw the movie Batman on opening night. Front row. I remember seeing the posters for this movie. And I remember that Michael Keaton was playing Batman. And I remember that some guy named Nicholson was playing the Joker. And I remember this because I had no idea who he was. But his name was on the poster and it came before Keaton's name. And that seemed wrong to me. How could the guy playing the villain get higher billing than the guy playing Batman? And then the lights went down. And Jack showed up, and everything made sense. I was transfixed. I was inspired. Nicholson. Jack. I knew right then that I wanted to be an actor. Of course, I'm not an actor. I'm a priest. But nevertheless, Jack Nicholson had a profound influence on my life. I mean... I was a good little fundamentalist Christian, so his fast-living reputation was not really for me growing up, but he had this way about him that just bowled me over. He seemed always to be utterly himself in whatever he did, even while convincingly playing fantastic characters. He was the Joker, or McMurphy, or J.J. Giddis, or Colonel Jessup, or Melvin Udall, but at the same time, He was ever and always Jack, and I loved that. When I was in college, uh, my buddy Wes and I, we visited Hollywood and made our film lovers pilgrimage to Grauman's Chinese Theater. This is the spot where many famous actors have put their hand and footprints into the cement. I got down on my knees in front of Jack's signature and placed my hands in his handprints, and they fit perfectly. Wes's hands fit into James Stewart's hands. Man, we floated away. It's a strange thing to call someone your inspiration when you haven't actually followed in their footsteps. Like I said, I'm not an actor. A few years ago, I was at a concert, and I ran into a comedian named Emo Phillips. He is not terribly famous, but When I was younger, I had seen a stand-up special of his that was so absurd and outlandish that it had turned my idea of comedy upside down. I walked up to him that night and introduced myself, and he he was very gracious. I told him that he had been a big inspiration to me growing up. Is that so, he asked. What do you do? I said I was a priest, and without missing a beat, he said, well, obviously. 
Yeah, I don't think of this as a contradiction or inconsistency. Seeing someone be unabashedly absurd was liberating for me, just like seeing someone be unabashedly themselves. It didn't matter that I had not become an actor or a comedian. I could locate something of myself in them and something of them within me. And when that happens to you, you feel less alone in this world. In this way, inspiration is connected to courage. Because when someone inspires you, you are emboldened, empowered to be yourself. This is a great gift. I wonder what it's like to think of Jesus as an inspiration. Ugh, I apologize if that transition made you cringe. I am aware of how Christians like me always make things religious. You ask us what our favorite book is, and we feel like we have to say the Bible. And you roll your eyes and think, well, okay, but have you ever actually read something by Toni Morrison? But that's how I grew up, you know. You ask me who my hero is, and I was programmed to say, you mean besides Jesus? I once mentioned in a sermon that I sung my kids to sleep with the song, A Hole in the Bucket. Afterwards, someone came up to me and said, but what about Jesus loves me? Christians. So, I'm sorry for bringing Jesus into this, but stick with me. We Christians often talk about worshiping Jesus or believing in Jesus or following Jesus. And, and I am a Christian who tries to do all those things. But let's hold off on those here for a moment. What if, what if instead of holding Jesus up on a pedestal, we actually allowed ourselves to be influenced by him? The way Nicholson influenced me, the way Etta James influenced Adele. To look at the accounts we have of Jesus and be attentive to his attitude, his style, his genre, the character of his work, his personality. Like shortly after Jesus becomes famous, he returns to his home synagogue, picks up the scroll, and reads the words of the prophet Isaiah, proclaiming freedom to the prisoner and sight to the blind and liberation for the oppressed. And then he looks around at all these people who knew him when he was just a snot-nosed kid. And he says, Isaiah was talking about me. Forget obedience. I'm inspired by his audacity. Jesus is a rabbi who picks, as his students, fishermen, tax collectors, and unwed women. He heals one man by spitting in his eye. He stands between a woman and her executioners and calls them all hypocrites. He tells people their success and ambition is empty in comparison to the joy of serving those who cannot advance your career or pay you back. Jesus tells stories about how meritocracy is garbage and God's grace is unreasonable. Then he takes naps during rainstorms and he ghosts crowds when they get too clingy. He argues with his mom and then does what she says anyway. Sometimes I think we let our reverence for Jesus get in the way of our ability to be inspired, to let him influence us, to see something of ourselves in him and something of him in ourselves. 
Jesus is killed for telling the truth. And while he's being killed, he looks upon the people who are killing him and asks for their forgiveness. He doesn't excuse their actions. He doesn't relativize what's happening or appeal to civility or moderation. He forgives them. He dies loving. Jesus comes back to life. And the first thing he does is find the people who abandoned him so he can tell them they are loved. I want to love like that. I want to love like that. Not so I can go to heaven when I die, but so I can be more fully myself while I live. I didn't worship Jack Nicholson, and I didn't want to be him. I just loved him. And I still love him. Because he helped me see me. My hands fit into his. What a joy. I worship Jesus, and I seek to be obedient, to follow him. I want to follow in his footsteps. But also, sometimes I just want my hands to fit into his. This has been When Love Shows Up, a podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer. From Cincinnati, Ohio, the Queen of the Midwest, the crown jewel of the Buckeye State, this is Philip Duvall. Remember, you are blessed, and you are a blessing. Thank you for listening.